Hey there! Thank you for checking out the Battleface podcast. This project was born as a way for me and my buddy Derringer to talk about all the nerdy things that we like, and we'd love for you to be a part of the conversation. Check us out on YouTube and Instagram at the Battleface. Now, on to the episode. The Battleface podcast is broadcast live on Fridays and Sundays, and we encourage you to come hang out and chat with Bard and Dare live. Now, prepare to declare attacks. You are entering the Battleface. Hello, everyone. You have entered the battle phase. It is I, the Midnight Bard, your favorite bard, and, uh, I'm a Gryffindor? Joining me as always is everyone's favorite co-host with the most ghosts, Derringer. There is shit everywhere. That, yeah, that tends to happen when you live with birds. Birds have a tendency to, you know, just kind of go wherever they please. They have no self-control. They have no self-respect. There's just so much stuff everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, welcome to the Battle Phase podcast, the weekly podcast where Dare and I discuss everything that crossed our collective spheres of interest and the stuff that uh, we kind of liked about it. So, uh, you know, welcome. Uh, A quick reminder before we get started... Uh, please remember to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, we are trying to grow our podcast as much as possible. That way we can get uh, fantastic guests on this podcast, uh, like King Kong. He's he's a gentle giant, he is. Also remember to keep your hands and feet inside the ride at all times until you're prompted to do otherwise. Yeah, hands and feet. King Kong loves to snack on those. Uh, but uh, what are you up to this week, Dare? I've been listening to new music by apparently a mutual favorite artist of ours. Yeah. Unlike Pluto. Unlike Pluto. It's released a new song today called Guts, Mm -hmm. and it's really good. I like it. Not unlike Pluto, but mostly like Venus. I haven't listened to it. I mean, what do you like about it? Uh, I mean, I just like the style of music. It's, I think it's it's considered new rock. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like in EW. It's like in UW. In UW without a without a W. It's just in U, I believe. Oh, in U rock, not like uh, yeah, I gotcha, I gotcha. It's uh, it's fun. I like it. I, I don't remember which song is uh, the one that I like from theirs, but I know that uh, there's one song on my playlists that's unlike Pluto. And I remember that, you know, it just happened to like come across my playlist because it was one of those things, that, you know, like how whenever you have you're on YouTube music and it just kind of like, well, let me suggest some stuff. So I let it suggest stuff. And unlike Pluto was one of the bands that came up and it was uh, it was good. So I added it to my my favorites playlist. That way I could listen to it once in a while. My favorite. Uh, sing, sing me a bar, then I can probably tell you what song it is. It's a bar that I am singing. A bar, a bar that Bard is singing. Yeah, that's that's definitely um, Novocaine. 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 It actually probably sounds right. I, I think that one sounds correct. Uh, 
I don't remember the lyrics. They don't have a song called Novocaine. What the hell is this song? I'm going to have to look it up. Give you a second. Two, mi- two seconds real quick while Bard figures this crap out. Uh, let's see. Unlike Pluto... Everything black. Oh yeah, that's that's a good one. I actually just put that on my iPod. Yeah. Unlike Pluto, good music. What else are we watching this week? Reborn as a vending machine. I now wonder the dungeon. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you about this. Uh, it's it's an anime. It's an isekai. A dude is reborn as a vending machine. Finds out that he has interesting vending machine powers, such as. Any, As vending machines have. Yeah, so he can create uh, he can create barriers around himself <laughs> that allow him... As they do. Uh, as they do. Barriers around himself that allow him to... Um, to I, I don't know what, what, what you would call this. Like, um, it, to protect himself, I guess, is the best way to put it. And additionally, it's... Uh, I don't know. He he has powers such as he can change his inventory. He can communicate with people in his party. It's it's weird, dude. Like honestly, like part of me was expecting a lot because I'm like with a premise this ridiculous, you pretty much are forced to to just give me the absolute best that you can if you hope for me to stick around one episode well, actually two episodes in and i'm like i'm not feeling it this is uh this is too out there for me and this is coming from a person who actively enjoys really out there comedy so uh, i don't know you know it's a, it's a, at the very least it's very pretty to look at it's obviously very high def so i mean like that's what we got going on well, that's good yeah it's good that it's nice to look at at least at least yeah like everything else is just kind of like i i you know i don't know I just, I just can't. Uh, am I gonna watch the third episode? Eh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know how I feel about it. It feels weird. Um. Anyway, moving on to the next uh, thing that we have, uh, our first story today is uh, we have two World Championship Series 2023 bundles available on Master Duel. Uh, the bundles come with uh, five master packs and accessories themed either around Legendary Dragon of White or Legendary Magician of Dark. It's, uh, you know, so like you'll get like your your icon, so like your profile picture, card sleeves, monster art for your uh, home screen and also for like your duel- duelist ID. You know, it's a, it's a pretty neat thing, you know, like just exclusive accessories to commemorate the fact that uh, the World Championship Series is starting, I think, this weekend. I think you got like 48 hours worth of it. Yeah, uh, I, w- I wish that they would uh, make like those actual playable cards. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they they, uh, they could be played in uh, Master Duel because it's best of ones, but yeah, yeah. They, uh, I mean, I honestly like I, I'm a little uh, spent on like the whole best of one, best of three argument. I understand why people want the best of three, but part of me is just kind of like, you know, like, can you just enjoy playing a different format, you know? No. Yeah, and that that's basically the resounding, you know, like, answer that we get. It's like, no, I can't. How am I supposed to win without a side deck? And I was like, 
plenty of people seem to have an easy enough time. You know, it's, how do I win against the bug? Yeah, how do you win against the bug? And I was like, you know, like honestly, it, it kind of comes back to one of those things. It's like, you know, at at some point, you kind of have to expect that you're gonna run into it, right? Like, whatever, you know, like so, like, but you you also prepare for those eventualities. That no matter which deck you're playing, you know, like you have to kind of keep in mind, like, hey, yeah, my deck loses hard to this. So what happens if this happens? You know, like you're not always gonna win. Sometimes a card just outs you, you know. Uh, so like, I, I find it a little weird that we're just like really, really hung up on like, why don't we have best of threes? And I'm just like, because like, honestly, like master duel is its own thing. And I, I personally don't feel like it's necessary. Like you can do just as good, you know, with, with a best of one, I feel. And like, as a matter of fact, a lot of tournaments in OCG follow a best of one format and, you know, people seem to do fine with that. Me personally, maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. I don't know. I play EDH, so yeah, yeah. Well, I do not. I, I play. I played Yu-Gi-Oh like once or twice last week. Yeah, and I got my Ultra Guy stuff, so I may play it this week. But hmm. yeah, I, I I enjoy Yu-Gi-Oh, and it's just like I feel like I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those things where it kind of makes you feel like you know you're just well you're dealing with like a meta elitist where where you know people are like I can't be satisfied unless my win rate is like ninety percent or higher, so I need my side deck that way if I run into something that my deck just struggles against I can side against it and I'm just like, eh. you know like at this point you're just being kind of like really really petulant I'm like they haven't changed it. I don't know that they will. It feels to me like it, at this point, if they do, I mean, like if they do, it'd be a miracle. But if they never did, it wouldn't surprise me. Just straight up, you know. I don't know, like what what else to say about that. Um, so well, this goes back to last week's discussion of um, people not being able to transition from the one game to the other. Yeah. So I mean. If they would change it, they would do something around that. Right. So it's like the transition. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. With that, this, uh, but this isn't the only thing coming out of Master Duel. They did also uh, release two new secret packs. Uh, secret packs, for those not in the know, are the packs that uh, kind of come with a curated list of cards. You know, so like if you if you happen to like craft or, or you know like pull a card that's either an ultra or a super rare out of uh out of like a master pack or what have you um then it'll unlock that card's secret pack which contains cards relevant to its archetype its strategy or its theme uh and the secret packs that uh, they have added are guardians of the sacred summit which will include the sword soul and yang zing monsters and they also included one called uh the ultimate traditional art which includes punk cards as well as a weird one karakuri uh which you know all right so around theming karakuri and punk are very based on like japanese uh art styles right karakuri being like this mechanical dolls and uh let's see punk being kind of like different types of performing arts such as like no and kabuki and such uh so I see theme-wise why they would be together. Um, it, it feels weird to me that, that you know, like, they, they put, like, 
Karakuri and Punk together because like Karakuri is one of those decks that like you know was good like a long time ago and Punk is kind of like a recent thing and they both revolve around synchro summoning so I wonder if it's kind of like either we put them together because theming is similar or we put them together because these cards should work together and I'm like huh uh, is Punk Karakuri something anyone played ever I I don't know I know one of the Karakuri synchros was like in the meta for a while, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I don't remember which one. It's, it's it's like the big one with a super long name that people used. Yeah. Uh, other than that, I don't think the Karakuri's actually ever got played other than in like the, the solo gate thing on Master Duel. Yeah, right? Like, um, <laughs> uh, they... I know Punk's starting to have like a bit of a resurgence, so... Yeah, That's well, I mean, got kind of easy whenever they reprinted all of like, the really expensive cards again in Battles of Legend, Monstrous Revenge, right? Suddenly you don't have to pay yeah. a fork over like 40 bucks for a, for one Foxy tune. Uh, so uh, w- one thing I wanted to say is that, uh, and come to think about it, I did have a Karakuri deck in Duel Links, and, you know, in Duel Links, a lot of a lot of archetypes that don't see play competitively see play in alternative formats such as dual links. So, I mean, like, I, I kind of go back to, like, you know, the whole, like, hey, you know, best of three, why not best of three? And I was like, because it's an alternative format. Everybody's kind of, like, mad that we don't have alternative formats. But then when we get one, everyone's all like, well, why doesn't it play like the original format? And it's just like, oh, my God. Uh, but, like, you know, th- things like, for example... Uh, super heavy samurai before their new support was fun in Duel Links. Like, uh, what's it called? Um, Wall it was Rocks. really fun after they got their support, and then they they had like a week. Yeah, and then I had, they had a week before it went it went down the toilet with a ban list, right? Uh, what's it called? Uh, I I know that uh, War Rocks are doing surprisingly well in Duel Links, or did surprisingly well for a while. Uh, what's it called? Uh, you know. And Karakuri did well back in the day. Harpies were meta for a long time in, in like, 2020, like, late 2019, early 2020. So, I mean, like, decks that you wouldn't expect to to hear about doing well were doing exceedingly well in Duel Links. So, it's like, it it kind of comes back to what we said last week, too, about, like, hey, well, how do we retain people? I'm like, well, give them a format where they can play their favorite deck, you know? Like, and you don't have to cater to everyone. But, you know, like different formats so that people can play decks that they like. It's, it's a good idea. You should do it. Well, like partial reasons as to why they did those decks did well in uh, Duel Links is because Duel Links has like a much smaller card pool or it did for the longest time. It did. I know they recently have added all of the uh, summoning mechanics now, I believe. They have. Or do they still not have links? They do. But yeah, uh, for the longest time, like when harpies were meta, I don't think they had uh, like pendulums and uh, XCs and stuff like that. I think it was up to maybe synchros uh, because I think they had their harpies cyber slash. They were well in dual links. Whenever like harpies were doing well, I think they already had XCs because I remember playing like the the Zexel world. Oh yeah, they they did have the they do have an XCs monsters for harpies, so that yeah, makes sense I guess. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it, it's like you you have to take into consideration that yeah, it isn't. It's an alternate format where you don't have like as many zones. There's less life points. 
Um, there's just all these different factors that allow these decks to actually be like useful and uh, thrive in the uh, the the meta of that game. Yeah, agreed. I, I yeah. feel like that's 100 percent uh, something important. Uh, so. You know, Konami like uh, is apparently in the works to try to like figure out different things that they can do for the sake of uh, bettering their what do you call it to to better their player retention. And honestly, like alternative formats, it's the easiest thing that they can do. And uh, you know, like you know, because it boosts the capacity for different decks to shine. And I and we want different decks to shine. You know, people want to play like, you know, they're Goki. You can't play Goki in the modern meta. They don't do well. You know, people want to play like they're Harpies. You know, you can't play Harpies in the modern meta. They don't do well. I mean, you could play these things, but you got to go into it resigned to know that you're going to lose a lot. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things. And me personally, I feel... Uh, definitely alternative formats is the way to go. Uh, but, you know, like, and you're going to have people groan and gripe. It's like, oh, well, this format doesn't let me play. Well, sure, you know, but, like, you know, we're trying to include more people is the thing, you know, to give everybody a chance to have fun. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, and that's the unfortunate thing is that, like, GOAT format's never going to include more cards than what it already includes. Because, right. like, there, there's the debate on whether, like, Exterion is part of it i believe but yeah like that's the only card that may or may not be added or subtracted from go format right and that's it, kind of the other thing about like you know like what what happens is you know like a for, a format resolves you know like we 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 have solved goat format everybody knows the best 30 35 cards to play in a goat deck and then you have like five or so cards that you can just kind of like custom make right but for the most part every deck is going to look the same yeah you're yeah. going to have like your 10 cards that make it whatever deck you claim it to be and then you're going to have your sinister serpent your pot of greed your graceful charity hmm. just like the 30 goat staples that make the deck just work yeah yeah and it, that that is how it works you know like so uh, me personally i feel that the way to do it is curated uh events you know like they do on master duel but irl let, let's let's see you know what's it called let, let, let's see a, a fiend fairy event like we did like we see in uh like we see in Master Duel, right? Let's see uh, an all water or or an all water, all wind, or like heck, even together. Let let's see the water wind event. Bring either your favorite like water deck or your favorite wind deck or a weird amalgam of both. You know, the so, earth, wind, and fire format. Yeah, like Saturday Night Fever. Wait, what's the what's the song that they sing? Celebrate good times. Come on. Do you remember? Yes, September. Remember we can September. call it September format. Uh, but uh, continuing on, uh, more Yu-Gi-Oh things going on here. Uh, remember last week when we talked about Konami stockholder meeting and how they expressed, you know, like we we want to retain many players as many players as possible. Maybe even get some new ones. Uh, one yeah. Of, one of the biggest complaints in the OCG was that uh, in OCG sanctioned events you couldn't surrender 
So, like, if you drew no interaction, you'd have to sit there and just watch your opponent stunt until they decided to beat you, you know? Um, yeah, and and that's a, that's a huge problem, I would think, because there, there are some decks that can, like, combo for... Ever? A majority of the time. God, have you gone you up against speedroids? <laughs> yeah, I, I've went against, like, speedroids, uh, like, a pure access code talker build just combos forever oh yeah yeah, yeah. code uh, talkers ugh <laughs> and, there's know, like two or three others that at emancipator yeah at <laughs> emancipator uh, playing that against shave shooter is just miserable having yeah. to sit and watch we've, we've had a couple 30 of 30 uh, minutes we've had a couple of tournaments where we're like save shooter that's what he's done you know he's like at emancipated all over us <laughs> Yeah, you have you have and Gamma, Gamma too. who plays at Emancipator yeah, Gamma versus play, also Save plays Shooter who plays at Emancipator, and then you're just sitting there like, okay, wake me up in like 50 minutes when and, when their turns over. And it's not just the combo, but like imagine being unable to surrender against Mystic Mine. You know, you you just have to you just have to deal with it until this you just slow have to game eventually. It comes to a close and or, or imagine like not being able to surrender to Elvich, you know, who will floodgate you to death and then will take a sweet time beating you up. Right. It, it feels, just told the out. It feels wrong is what I'm trying to get at. It feels so wrong. So I don't know, man. Like, I feel like, eh, you know, it's uh, like it's it feels wrong to say like, hey, let us surrender. But it, it's. For people's mental health, I feel like it, it's necessary. Hey, don't make me sit here and just be humiliated while my opponents combo on me for like, you know, 30 minutes. Don't let me have to sit here and keep trying to get over the mystic mind knowing that I have no outs to it, you know? Like, let me go to game two. And in these type of tournaments, by all means, let me go to game two so I can side and that way I can do something, you know? <laughs> Well, uh, I think Robbie Cole made a good point in that uh, sometimes you don't want to give your opponent any information either. Yeah. So if you can't, like, surrender, mm -hmm. then you're going to be playing and showing your opponent what you're playing. And exactly. They know what you're playing. Mm -hmm. Where, like, if you're playing Mystic Mind, you can scoop, and then your opponent doesn't know what cards you are, what deck you're running. Exactly. They don't know what to side against you going into game two. So it, yeah. it's, a, it's a matter of tactical uh, play there also where you, you have to, where, where you can decide to like, hey, you know what? I know my opponent's got me beat. I have no interaction. I surrender. That way, now that I know what they're playing going into game two, I can kind of side for it, but they don't know what I'm playing yet. So now, now they can't prepare for what I have coming in. And then, you know, like it could make for like a, a triumphant game two. And going into a game three where now both players kind of like have an equal measure of what's going on. Yeah. Uh, another thing with this update, um, they, they pretty much sealed the fate of all of the, uh, the Victory Dragon-esque cards that they will never be allowed in the duels. Yeah. Because um, I believe it states in there that you can't surrender if a win condition is going to be met. Right. Which means that a win condition that wins you a match instead of just the game will never be allowed.
because you wouldn't be able to surrender to Victory Dragon because they could just be like, I was going to attack for game with Victory Dragon and they uh, they, uh, they they said they were surrendered, so just a match loss now. Yeah, match loss now, so yeah, it, it sucks, but it, it is what it is, you know, so like I feel like this is good. I feel like because uh, this was apparently a complaint that players had in the OCG. It's like, hey, man, like I can't surrender if because, you know, like that basically means I forfeit the entire duel. Uh, so giving them this option is like, yeah, you're allowed to surrender uh, and, you know, continue on to the na- to game two and game three, you know, a- as needed. Um, good idea. You know, like, hey, de- definitely give us that that tactical advantage. Uh, so, yeah. But that that's all the news that we have in Yugi Mans this week. Uh, coming up, we have uh, something kind of exciting. We have uh, Tanami Adult Swim drops the trailer for the Lazarus uh, animated series, which, if you don't know what this is, is you know like it's been uh, highly anticipated by fans of like anime like Samurai Champloo, Cowboy Bebop, etc., because it's directed by Shinichiro Watanabe, who directed that so yeah so you know it's kind of like it's got all of the style all of the uh, all of the attitude of like cowboy bebop and uh and uh what do you call it uh samurai shampoo and all that and it's also produced by studio mappa who which is probably one of my favorite studios stuff that comes out of studio mappa usually looks really really good so you do talk about them an awful lot i do so i mean i would believe that that that's probably your favorite yeah, so here here's a kind of a fun thing. I, I actually wrote down the the Wikipedia description of the plot, and I think the plot is actually kind of interesting. You you might you might get a kick out of this. Let's see. Uh, so the year is 2052. An era of unprecedented peace and prosperity prevails across the globe. The reason for this: mankind has been freed from sickness and pain. Nobel Prize-winning neuroscientist Dr. Skinner has developed a miracle cure-all drug with no apparent drawbacks called Hapuna. Three years later, the world has moved on, but Dr. Skinner has returned, and this time as a harbinger of doom. Skinner announces that Hapuna has a short half-life. Everyone who has taken it will die approximately three years later. Death is coming for this sinful world, and it's coming soon. As a response to this threat, a special task force of five agents is gathered from across the world to save humanity from Skinner's plan. This group is called Lazarus. Can they find Skinner and develop a vaccine before time runs out? So imagine that. Like, hey, I created this cure-all drug that has no drawbacks. And then so you except take except for death. So you take it and then like you know, oh man, this is fantastic. I got no pain. I feel great. And then 3 years later it's like, hey, that drug that we said it has no drawbacks. It, 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 the drawback is death. Y- y'all going to die. <laughs> uh yeah. That's why you're supposed to have extensive testing that goes for <laughs> 7 years. This is why the FDA exists. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is why the FDA exists, right? Uh, so, yeah, you know, like, it, it's kind of like one of those weird things where it's like, oh, well, shit. And now it's kind of like, well, now you just deal with it, yeah, Gamma, I guess. Gamma's right. He says, so is COVID anime. <laughs> so it's COVID the anime. Yes, absolutely. So this is this is really, really fun. Uh, and, and me personally, I, I'm excited for it. Uh, you know, like, I wasn't a fan of Cowboy Bebop personally i i think the characters are are cool and i think the the it's definitely got style i mean that that is an anime dripping with sex appeal right uh yeah. the the plot just wasn't for me you know samurai shampoo i liked so seeing shinichiro watanabe at the helm of something like this uh i'm excited because i think that as a director uh, as far as direction goes he's great uh, you know, so like I'm excited and, you know, Cowboy Bebop is just like one of those classic anime that everyone loves except for me. Uh, and it's not that I don't like it either. I feel like I have to defend that because I know that people will be like, oh, Bard hates Cowboy Bebop. I don't. I thought it was great. I just Sounds I did to me like you hate Cowboy Bebop. I, I just didn't understand, like, you know, because people like put it up on a pedestal, like greatest thing ever. And I'm just like, it, it's good. You know, like but I always take like offense at her people like greatest thing ever because I'm like, uh, come on. You know, it's it's okay. It's it's fine. And you know, uh, additionally, I feel like uh, I, it was kind of like a conflict of interest for me because I really, really liked Outlaw Star and Outlaw Star and Cowboy Bebop. Kind of give off the same vibes. I can see that, yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's weird, you know. So like me personally, liking Outlaw Star, Cowboy Bebop to me was just kind of like it's like Outlaw Star but different. So I like Outlaw Star. So yeah, Cowboy Bebop's I mean, okay. It, it's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Like I mean, it's all right. <laughs> uh but yeah lazarus it's uh, gonna be airing it's you know what's funny is that every everywhere i see it people say oh well it's tsunami or it's adult swim and as a matter of fact even on their youtube video like right here it's got both tsunami and adult swim written on it so uh it's gonna air on one of those two so yeah be on the lookout for uh lazarus when it comes to to cartoon network or one version of cartoon network i don't know what to say uh this one, Brother Gamma in the chat will be excited over. Do the Evolution music video has its 25th anniversary and uh, in San Diego Comic-Con, you know. So, like, uh, the, the cool thing about this is that Do the Evolution is a song by the legendary band Pearl Jam. And uh, they had a music I, video. Yes. Yeah, that, that's the music video where there's, like, melting person, right? Yeah. That one. Yes. It's got a very unique visual style, and here's why it's unique. It, it's a song by Pearl Jam, it's an animated music video, and it uh, was directed by Todd McFarlane, the creator of Spawn, uh, you know, like the, the comic book uh, superhero, Spawn. And, yeah, I know, I know about Spawn. Yeah, and also uh, Kevin, co-directed by Kevin Altieri, who is famous for directing Batman the Animated Series. And now that you know both of those things, the visuals in the music video make a lot of sense. You know, because, like, it, it looks very much exactly like something that, uh, you know, the creator of Spawn and the director for Batman the Animated Series would create together, right? Uh, There's an awful lot of melty people in there, though. There was a lot of melty people. There was dinosaurs eating each other. There was, uh, I don't know, like... The, the, the beautiful woman. Yeah, like a dancing witch or something. I don't know. She kept turning into, like, something monstrous. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, you know, like, it, it's it's cool. 
you know, if you ask me. Like, I, I thought it was a really well-directed, really cool-looking uh, music video from back in the day. And it's got its 25th anniversary, which means that they dropped a remastered version of the video. And they aired it at San Diego Comic-Con. It was it's kind of a cool thing. Uh, but we have a lot of announcements from San Diego Comic-Con to get through. I, I posted the Comic-Con trending on Twitter thing on on our Discord server because I was like, I'm going to need to check back on this later because, you know, it's like, it's one of those things that it's going on and I'm not there. So I can't be there to, like, see these things. And I know that, like, if I try to, like, look one day, I'm going to get some announcements. And if I try to look back the next day, I'm going to get more. So I was just like, you know what? Let's look a week later and see everything that was the best, right? Um... And speaking of the best, uh, this is very meh. Marvels. Marvel drops the trailer for Captain Marvel sequel, which is... I thought marbles. you said Marbles. Yeah, Marbles. It's called the, the Marbles. It's called the, it's called the Marvels. <laughs> the Marvels, yes. With uh, a B. With, with a V. With, you know, like V no, for I victory. With a B for uh, Benedict. Benedict. Uh, yes, it, it, this is uh, the, the Captain Marvel uh, sequel, The Marbles. <laughs> it's a movie. It comes out in November. You see the team up of Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau, and Miss Marvel. I think I saw Nick Fury in the trailer somewhere. I am very indifferent about this movie, but I did too, more, too much work on the slide to not talk about it. <laughs> I... I thought the original, the the first Miss Mar, uh, the first Captain Marvel movie was okay. I was very nonplussed about it, which is sad because, like, for a while in like the early 2010s, Miss the Miss Marvel comic book was really really good, and I liked it. And then, like, so I was kind of hyped whenever there was a movie for Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, kind of like interchangeably the same person. Um, or at least back then, because back then she went by Miss Marvel, changed her name to Captain Marvel later on. It, comics, what can I say? Uh, but the Miss Marvel comic books about Carol Danvers, who is played by Brie Larson, uh, really, really good. And the movie was very okay. Like, I, I was like, yeah, this is. I mean, it's all right. Yeah, it's it's I, like you know, like if I had to watch it like on an airplane or something, I wouldn't be mad. But at the same time, I'd be like, oh, you guys don't have the first Doctor Strange. <laughs> One Piece live action movie looks dope, or it's not a movie; it's actually a series. But yeah, it looks dope, son. Like I said recently, I've been uh, I've been on a One Piece binge. I'm if nearing episode three hundred slowly but surely. I think we talked about this last week, didn't we? Well, we talked about the the teaser about two weeks ago. Since then, oh, Netflix okay. has dropped uh, more than a teaser. This is a full on trailer. And uh, when you mentioned last week, yes, you, me, and Wilo before we started our stream, uh, before we started our fast food tier list. Um, we I showed it to you guys because it was like, hey, this is a full trailer now. It has like the 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 entire crew, and, and you know, like it shows more more fantastic locations and like you know uh, key moments in the story, and like you know, it even shows some of the characters using their their skills. So I'm like, it's it's good, you know, it's fun. Um, uh, speaking of like you know like talking about it last week, what did you think about some of the CGI and some of like the costumes? Because we we saw Arlong 
you know, we saw we saw Gold Roger. We saw like you know, like there was just like so many different characters in this. We saw the Baratier, which is the the floating restaurant where Sanji was working before the he joined the Straw Hats. You know, it it's interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's interesting. I I feel like it looks it looks really really good for what it is, which is a Netflix series. Uh, the CGI can look a little iffy at some points uh, at some points like chop uh, buggy the pirate whenever he's split up you know like he has the chop chop powers where he can separate his body parts and just float them around that looked a little awkward yeah, i i remember him yeah so that that, that was a that was a thing that happened yeah so like th- that one to me i was like okay well that's a little much but for the I mean, most- when you have like a concept like what one piece is you're gonna have to rely on cgi heavily because like I don't think you can do practical effects with that and have, like, a good result. Well, going back to Arlong, he, he didn't look CGI'd to me. He looked, like, mostly practical effect, like, you know, well, makeup yeah, and well, stuff. Yeah, Ar- well, he, he's not, like, like detaching body parts and throwing... He's a swordfish guy. Right. You can you can make a practical effect suit. But yeah. Like, when you're doing, like, like the gum-gum powers or like the chop chop fruit powers is you have to like heavily rely on cgi for that kind of stuff and unless there's some way to do practical effects with that but i don't know i'm uh, not a practical effect artist i'm sure there probably is but i i feel like cgi is just easier at that point you know like why why complicate your life more you yeah know? so why i mean this is fun. I'm excited to to see it. You know, like uh, I'm excited for you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, like I I know for a fact that One Piece is not for everyone. It it can be goofy as hell. It it can look it can look silly. It has some like really out there plots and and some really weird character designs. But seeing it in live actions kind of fun. You know, like I'm like yeah. You know, like, if, is it the first thing that I would have chosen to adapt? Probably not. I probably would have chosen something a lot more simpler. Uh, and there is something to be said about, like, hey, some things are better in animation because in animation, you can get away with a lot of crap. Uh, in live action, there's a lot of things that are just going to look really dumb. And you, you can't really, you can't really not have them look dumb. So, you know, take with a grain of salt this could be really good i feel like as long as you adapt the as long as you adapt the plot faithfully enough a lot of people would forgive you if they're if the effects aren't the best but yeah uh well while we're on the subject of aichiro oda who which in case you don't know that's the guy who wrote and you know illustrated one piece uh there is more news regarding him uh while on the subject of oda um, his one-shot manga, which was the manga that he did before he did One Piece, uh, called Monsters, is getting an anime adaptation. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, and according to the article that I read, uh, the manga released in 1994, and uh, it's about a swordsman trying to defeat a dragon, and allegedly it's also canon in the One Piece universe. So it's... It probably takes place like several hundred years before the events of the Pirate Age. 
Yeah. Yeah. I've never read the manga. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, I was planning on going to look it up and see like if the art style is kind of the same or if Oda is just like a really flexible artist who can just do all kinds of different styles. Uh, but, you know, I didn't get around to it. You know, like what, what if we Gemma is asking, did he have a D in, on his name? Uh, in... I, don't, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's uh, a joke or if that's uh, you misspelled it. It's Aichiro Oda, yeah. <laughs> so, like, he has a D in Oda. I'm just saying that's what was that was the question that was posed. I don't know if yeah, was a, maybe I misspelled it somewhere. But, nuts joke. Yeah, maybe like he was trying to set me up. Damn, saying he's serious. Uh, well, I I think I spelled it correctly. You have offended Gamma. Okay, well, I apologize. Gamma is angry. He's I, spamming the chat. Is he a not? lot of anger, <laughs> a lot of cursing. Very well then. Uh, continuing on, th- this is something that you submitted: mysterious Hollow Live production trailer, and the bullet points yeah. here say, "Let Dare talk about this. I don't know nothing about it. It was a trailer he shared that I watched, but I don't know enough to say anything about it. There's VTubers in it? Question mark. So, uh. This actually goes uh, hand in hand with a later post that I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the sneak peek, like teaser trailer for Hollow Live Generation Three for English, ah. and it's the 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 whole theme of them. I guess they're like some kind of prisoners, and they escaped. Mm-hmm. So that was it was it was a nice little trailer and it ends with saying that their debut is actually uh tomorrow and sunday and uh they're 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 also posts that happen later so i'll talk more about it so it's this one like hollow live english advent which uh, a new five member hollow live vtuber unit premieres on july 29th oh hey it's the post that we're gonna talk about later yeah Yeah. uh (laughs) so they the there's five new Hololive EN3 gen mm-hmm. members. Uh, I'm going to butcher their names, but uh, there's Narissa Ravencroft. That's yeah. the easy one. Yes. Uh, Ko- Koseki? Yeah, Kose- Bijou. Koseki Bijou, yeah. Uh, Shiro Novella. Shiori Novella, okay. And then there's Fua and Moko. Which ah. Fu and Moko is a, it, it's a, uh, they're, they're, they're like sisters or twins, I think. I see. And they're sharing the channel, which is, it's an interesting concept. It's mm. not a new concept because we, we've had on one of our shows back when we were in the Nevermore Collective, we actually, uh, for one of our guests, the VTubers, we had, the Nova Swarm, which is a trio that share the same channel, but uh, we never had Nova Swarm on. We didn't, didn't have them on, but they were on the guest of YouTuber. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I yeah. thought you said that they were they were on with us. I was like, I don't remember that. <laughs> Eventually, I'm going to see if we can like get them on because they're they're pretty cool. So ah, that'd cool. be neat. But, but uh, um, yeah, so yeah, I, it's I, Fua and Moko. I, I was and, wondering why I, I like didn't. Why I only counted four when it's supposed to be a five member, but it's because Fuwa and Moko are are two different ones. I see now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so and they're they're all pretty. They're all pretty cool design wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
curious as to see who who they are personality wise whenever they actually debut tomorrow and Sunday. But yeah, uh, it's exciting to see that Hollow Live Gen Three was being released this soon. Now, when was the uh, Gen Two released? Is there like a specific uh, time frame? I want to which... say in twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. So it's been like two, two years. years gap. Yeah, and then Gen One was like early twenty twenty question mark maybe twenty twenty through twenty nineteen. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I see. So like they're they're basically kind of like idol groups that they're released like every every x amount of years. You know, just kind of like, yeah, yeah I got gotcha. you. It's uh, hard to think that Gen 1 is like almost four years old. Yeah, yeah. like yeah, they're, you, well, they're ancient. The, this VTuber thing is, uh, is still a fairly new phenomenon. Yeah, yeah they're, they're ancient. And, and speaking of this phenomenon, uh, every Gargura meme assembled in a music video, she rides a Roomba. Okay, did you, did you listen to this fucking song? Because it's great. Yes, it, I did. It's like just pure Goomba <laughs> like energy the whole time. And it's it's great. Yeah, I, I absolutely love the animation because it was like so fun to look at. Yeah, it, it was really well animated too. Yeah. And uh, I think, I don't remember what exactly I sent, but I'm pretty sure it's just like every meme about Gura in one video. Yeah, so like everything. So I, I wrote down some of the highlights here. So such as she rides a Goomba, she struggles with OVS, which you know, like same. I don't know <laughs> who struggles with OVS. Me, <laughs> literally the e- easiest program to deal with. Well, it keeps crashing for me. I don't know why. <laughs> uh, shrimp, watch her live streams. I don't know. Like she cannot yeah, swim that's, without that's her, her floaties. Her fan base, her shrimps. That that part fucking killed me. Like she she's in like a little baby pool with floaties on, takes them off, and the next scene she's like face down in the pool drowning. Uh, and then like she she has a wristwatch drawn on her wrist, which has like different times, one including like Goomba's time. So she can't tell time because she's a. Uh, She's she's smart. Yeah, she's smart short. Uh, it, it's fun, man. Like I actually enjoyed this quite a bit. It's a testament to like you know how much somebody enjoys their community that they're like we're willing to take time to invest in like all of these memes that you make about us, and, and you know just like made like make this project which is essentially a love letter letter to your fans. You know. Yeah, it, it's acknowledging like all of the things that the fans have like come to love about this person. Yeah. And it's just, it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot it's of not, fun. It doesn't, it's not bad either. It doesn't sound nah. bad. No, nah, it sounds great. I mean, like, this is this is an exciting type of video that I could see myself watching over and over again, you know? So, su- super fun. I've been playing it on loop for the past 20 minutes. Yeah, like, you, like, this would be, like, the same as if you and I had, like, a music video where I just keep crashing OBS and I keep forgetting to switch the sound on or to turn the mics on. Or like you know, like uh, I don't know. Dare says the thing about the rats, uh, like for which for that one, I would just I would just put you in a room full of rats, <laughs> like for for the and you know like all of the you and the rats would all like be like doing default dance from Fortnite or something. So it's, it's a dang shame that I'm not an animator because I I would love to make that a reality. <laughs> it would be great to have the ability to animate. Yeah. 
I mean, I'm sure that I could figure it out, but I mean, like, that would be time-consuming and a half, so I don't know. Uh, but, so, that that's VTuber news. Next up, we have a Spy Family board game uh, coming out soon. It's, uh, it's called Mission for Peanuts, which, if you're not familiar with Spy Family, peanuts are Anya's favorite snack. This uh, yeah, see, seems like an interesting type of situation. It's it's a tabletop game that you play with friends. It comes with like a a deck of cards, and the cards are different characters in the spy family lore, in the spy family mythos, and basically the way that this functions is, uh, you will, uh, assume you will select a team of two, I think, and then you will assume different roles with the atten- intention of either deceiving your opponent or outsmarting them. So uh, to me, when it's described, it sounds a little bit like clue almost weirdly, or like the code names game, you know, like uh, stuff like that, uh, where, you Welcome know, in Blark, Moo. Blark, hello. Uh, so something like that, you know, so like you assume different roles to attempt to outplay your opponents and it's up to five players. So, I mean, kind of like a fun thing for the family. Uh, it's weird to see anime get like, you know, get uh what do you call it uh the tabletop games made out of it but like it it makes a little it's bit it's weird sense. to see anime get its own tabletop game get its own it. tabletop like, game. i mean you, you there's a monopoly for everything right true true saw animal crossing monopoly at a store recently it was heavily discounted because you know i already owe money to tom nook i don't know what you want from me but uh anyway uh but yeah so it's weird to see this happen but i I feel like out of all the anime that would get its own like tabletop game spy family makes the most sense because it's family you know so you just like include your family and friends and also it's a really wholesome show so even this would be kind of one of those things where it's like i could watch this with my parents and it would be relatively tame you know like most anime you're like you you can't watch this with people (laughs) Yeah, that's a that's a statement that couldn't be truer. Yeah, really. Like you know, like watch watch Food Wars with your mom and dad. See how that goes. And no, don't don't do it. It's a watch bad Monster it. Masume with your watch Monster your Masume. Folks. Hell, like Attack on Titan. You know, like that one doesn't lean into like the lewd category, but it's also one of those anime where it's like I don't know that I would watch this with my dad. <laughs> you know. He'd be like, what the hell kind of cartoons are they showing these kids? I was like, well, you don't understand. It's not for kids. It's it's a, it's aimed at adults. And he's like, but it's a cartoon. And I was like, okay, I I take offense to that, Dad, because you know, like I feel like cartoons aren't so much like a, a medium specifically for kids. I feel like it's a medium to tell stories, and they could be aimed at literally anyone, you know? Like, But anyway, that's ex- trying to explain to my dad, who's like a very huge boomer, like, you know, what why anime isn't the same thing as like what saturday morning cartoons are right um, yeah yeah but anyway but i mean even though it's it's not like it couldn't be i mean pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh were saturday morning cartoons when i was growing up so i mean there's that <laughs> so. yeah but but those were different because those were four kids right censored and like yeah yeah it wasn't like actual it wasn't like Yu-Gi-Oh season zero or no like actual anything right 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 so like you know heavily censored by four kids and yeah here we are uh, but uh, while we're on the subject of like cartoons that are absolutely one hundred percent not for kids, 
uh invincible season two is uh announced uh the release date is announced it's coming out on november 3rd uh there was a special screening at san diego comic-con where they also showed like a like uh i think it was like a what do you call it a, a little thing about adam eve which is like a spinoff uh and additionally yeah that's all i had to say about this i've seen episode one of invincible it's like it's like watching Justice League. It's like watching Super Friends, but absolutely not for kids. People get their heads punched so hard that they explode. You know, it's a it's a very. So you you've seen one episode of it. And that's seen, it. I've seen one episode of it, and that's it. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I I've not watched any of it, but I, I I'm like aware of what happens because there's like a Bobby Hill meme. Yeah. And it's like, okay. Yeah, it but. it's kind of one of those shows where like I I always worry whenever like somebody tries to remake or to like to reinvent the wheel whenever it comes to superheroes. You know, they're like, oh well, this is this is more adult oriented and it's it's uh it's got like mature themes and it's it's more violent and it's it's almost like you're you're missing the whole point of superheroes because like at this point this isn't about a guy with extraordinary powers going out of his way to save people. This is about it's just about a guy with like superpowers that has also like a god status to him. Yeah, or... and he he realizes, oh, I can just kill people, and it doesn't matter because they can't do anything to me. Exactly. Yes. Uh, it did this uh, being the show that sparked the uh, look what they need to do to match a fraction of our power and like you know like the the Omni Man uh, meme where it's like it's like think Mark think uh, blank blank insert meme you know like that um you know like Omni Man being played by J.K. Simmons who is just like a fantastic actor I mean that man is in everything uh but that being said so i i get nervous whenever i see people spin something as like it's superhero car uh, it's a superhero cartoon for adults because i already know that pretty much what it's going to be is something like it's going to be as there's going to be it's going to be a story about violence and sex with superheroes in it or it's either going to be deadpool or it's going to be omni man yeah or like you know so i was worried that invincible was going to be the boys but animated because i did not like the boys uh, I don't like shows where like there is no there is no good guy, you know, like where everybody's just different shades of the worst people ever, right? Um, that said, Invincible is a little different. There is the the gratuitous violence. There is you know kind of like more adult, more mature themes. I feel like. Omni-Man is, is kind of like that character, like, for example, Homelander in The Boys or, like, in, any other, like, s evil Superman clone that people have been, like, crazy over for the past couple of years. It's like, how do we make Superman interesting? We make him evil. Ha-ha! <laughs> yeah, you're original. Uh, but, like, the difference here is that the show isn't about Omni-Man. It's about his son. And so Omni-Man is very much the evil Superman. But his son, Mark, Invincible is very much like he's got the superman spirit where he, he's also a bitch though yeah he's a little bit of a bitch early on yeah like i don't know like yeah. i haven't seen all of it but like in the first episode he was kind of whiny about a lot of stuff uh but so like his whole his whole thing is you know like we're gonna keep getting back up and we're gonna keep standing in between these terrible terrible threats in mankind and we're gonna try to do the best that we can to to save them so like i like I like his spirit. I like the gumption that he's got. 
maybe I'll watch the rest of it and kind of decide whether or not this is this is uh, a quote unquote mature superhero story that I can get into. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, so like it, it, I put it on here because like it, it's it's not because it is categorically different from the boys because like I could go on and on about why the boys is just like not my idea of like this is a superhero show. I feel like I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just I can't with that. But uh, here's a fun fact. Uh, my father in law looks a lot like Omni-Man. <laughs> It was funny whenever I first saw an Invincible comic, and I opened up, I opened it up, and it looked a lot like my my father in law. And I showed uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, I showed her it. I was like, "Hey, look, it's your dad." <laughs> so she she went, to, you know, because her dad's into comic books. So you know, like he we were all at this comic shop together, and she goes running to her dad, and she shows us like, "Look, it's you," and he's all like, "Yep, that's me." <laughs> And then he proceeded to punch your face in. Yeah, and then, and then he proceeded to punch my face in. It took it was a long road to recovery, but we're there. We, we're we're feeling good now. It's it's fine. Um, and then let's see. Th- this next one is kind of a weird one, and dare I know you'll be half interested in this one because it has half of a thing that you would enjoy. A- and then the other thing is just so weird that I'm just like I, I had to put this on here because this feels like like a weird like acid trip that we're on right now. So a, a crossover between Konosuba and the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya? I don't know what the second thing is. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. I'm half interested. All right. So yeah. So Konosuba, as we know, is the isekai that can do no wrong. It's funny. It subverts the tropes and it's, it's really tongue in cheek. It has a great sense of humor. It, it like it's, it's a subversion of expectations done in all the right ways. Uh, it, I would argue that the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya is the same thing, but like from two thousand and four. Uh, it's an anime where a guy. Uh, it, it's it's set up like your typical slice of life rom com. Where a guy who is entering high school, he's very serious, he's very straight-laced, uh, is seated next to a girl who is, who when she opens her mouth, sounds like she's absolutely insane. She's quirky, she's eccentric, she doesn't, uh, she doesn't, she's not interested in being friends with anyone unless this person is extraordinary, right? And the joke here is, uh, whenever they introduce themselves, you know how an anime, like, hey, we're, we're starting a new semester. Everybody go around the room and tell us about yourself, right? Uh, and, and she stands up and she immediately says, I'm not interested with being friends with anyone unless they're extraordinary. So unless you're an alien, a time traveler, or psychic, don't talk to me. However, if you happen to be an alien, a time traveler, or psychic, feel free to come talk to me. I would love to know more about you. So she sounds insane, and uh, he, the the plot twist here is that this isn't your average slice of life rom com. Uh, the 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 guy Kion and this crazy girl Haruhi start a club called the SOS Brigade at their school, where they make it a point of theirs to go out searching for aliens, time travelers, or psychics. And the fun thing is, they keep showing up, but. They never show themselves to her. They always show themselves 
to him. So he always keeps coming into these situations where he's like, oh my gosh, a time traveler. Oh my gosh, a psychic. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, like uh, an alien. But they'll never show themselves to her because all of all of them, you know, the aliens, the time travelers, the psychics have one thing in common. They're like, we don't know why we're here, but we know that the moment she became interested in us, we we just we we noticed like everyone collectively, like the aliens were like there was like an explosion of data and we were like, oh, wow, this is coming from Earth and it's coming specifically from this girl. The psychics are like. We don't know why, but we suddenly developed our powers, and we knew it was because of her. And, and uh, you know, like the, we, there are people in the psychic community that maybe think that she's like a, a deity stuck in human form. And the time travelers are like, "Hey, you know what? We we used to be able to see far back in time using our technology, but at one point there was like a time dilation, a weirdness, and suddenly there's we can't see back further." Than when she was born, like whenever she came into the world, suddenly we can't travel back further from that point. This is as far back as we can go. So it, it, it's it, it's kind of like a really weird thing. So she's constantly being like, oh, man, the world is boring. There's no such thing as exciting things. Whereas he's like, all of these things exist and I can't tell you about them because they suspect that you're God. And if you become aware that you are, the world as we know it could cease to exist. So it, it, it's basically both of them are subversions of like their, their genres of their tropes. One being a subversion of the isekai genre. The other one being like a subversion of your slice of life uh, rom-com uh, genre. And uh, they're both having apparently a crossover. A tweet featuring uh, Haruhi Suzumiya implied that they'll there be some kind of presence from the SOS Brigade in the Konosuba Fantastic Days video game. So that's Gamma Gam wants to know if this is the one where the guy's missing his balls. Uh that would be Dandadan, not Haru. I, I I know this I, I he he also posted that's not this manga lol, but I still wanted to ask just so you could be like, Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know what he's talking about. He's talking about Dandadan. It's a great manga. I own it. <laughs> uh but yeah, so like the, the this is this is fun. You know, like, it, it's kind of a, an interesting thing. You know, like, uh, Konosuba being hilarious. It's uh, it's third season, might be airing here soon. I forget the, if they put out a release date or not. And Haruhi Susumiya had a fantastic first season. And then the second season made the show implode on itself. So, <laughs> but it, it's, I, I, it's my understanding that it's remained relevant in, in Japan. I don't know. Uh, the manga was popular, so maybe... Um, there, there's a joke among, uh, among, uh, what's it called? Anime watchers, uh, and even among some anime tubers, like for example, Mother's Basement makes this joke all the time where, you know, since Haruhi is, uh, kind of like speculated to be a god or the god, just like in human form, right? Uh, a lot of the times uh, anime watchers will be like, oh, thank Haruhi. And I was like, oh, Haruhi bless you. And you know things like that. So uh, just kind of a dumb thing, but like, uh, yeah, so th th this is a crossover that I never thought I'd see because Konosuba is very modern and Haruhi Suzumiya is like, at this point, like a classic anime. So it it's weird that they would like come out of like hibernation to just be in something, you know? Yeah. I don't even know if like the studios are somehow related. It they might be. I, I... It's all Studio Ghibli. 
Haruhi, I think I want to say was by Kadokawa. Konosuba, I'm not sure. So it, it's something to look into. But you know, here we are. Anyway, uh, last yeah. thing that I have on our list is Fry, Leela, and Bender in Fortnite. Yeah, this was something that uh, one of the guys from another server I'm in, like he's a Fortnite nut, mm-hmm. and he's, he's he posted this, and I was just like, uh huh, <laughs> that's interesting. Apparently, it has something to do with the new season that they're getting on Netflix, which I'm really excited for for uh, the new Futurama season. Same, because Futurama is fucking amazing. It is the fact that it's already being put into Fortnite where. You can get skins as Fry, Leela, and Bender, and then they also just they've added like a bunch of different items and guns. Yeah, as uh, like things you can use in the game. I think there's like a mammoth pistol, Bender's shiny metal laser. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you got you got a couple of things that you, uh, a couple of accessories that you can put on there too, like such as uh, what what was it like the robot devil's golden fiddle and. and uh, yeah. And other oh nibbler and stuff like that. So the the biggest like missed opportunity though is not having the battle bus that drops you into the map, not having that be like the planet as express the ship? planet express ship. I know, right? Apparently, you can find the planet express ship. Like it'll crash in the game somewhere. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, why would you not have? The battle bus be the planet express ship? That yeah, just seriously. seems like a no brainer. Yeah, seriously. This is, a, this is fun, you know. Like I love seeing, uh, I love seeing it when things like this happen. And Futurama, weirdly, like you know, as far as I can remember, at least, never had a video game. They had a PlayStation Two game, I think. Hmm. The fact that you don't know about it kind of speaks to how well it did. Yeah, I, I imagine. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, Fortnite's one of those things that like. When it first came out, it was like, oh, only 12-year-olds play this, and it's terrible. And as, as time went on, like, the amount of, like, collaborations they've done with other video game franchises and stuff, it's kind of admirable to an extent. Yeah. yeah. Like, they, they got, like, Goku, and I think they have Goku and Vegeta in there. You see screenshots got... of, like, you know, people in, in Fortnite, you know, and you got, like, what is it? Like, Ariana Grande, Goku... Rick from Rick and Morty, Naruto, and, and you know, like they're Kratos all on the same. God of War, the yeah. Doom guy. Yeah, and, and so you see, like all of this stuff, and you're like, if you had shown me a screenshot of this like 15 years ago, I would have said that you're making it up. There's no way, <laughs> you know. So, like, it, it it's funny, like you know, every time a new skin gets dropped onto Fortnite, because I'm you, we talk about like, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, shoot, what what's the word? Uh, we talk about crossovers that are ambitious and uh the fortnite's just doing it so casually you know just like whenever they get a chance like hey let's add some new skins from to fortnite from a from a property that uh, doesn't have one yet well it's, they, they don't have like it's not subtle it's the thing it's yeah. everything is just kind of like shoehorned together yeah and they're like yeah it's good enough yeah <laughs> you're, you're just sitting there like is it good enough though come on fortnite wow fortnite wow uh but you gotta respect it for that you know like because it, it, it's one of those games that it's like you 
you can yeah. you can remember a time before Fortnite. You know what I'm saying? Like it. it... G- Gamma actually brought up something that it, it's not Fortnite, but it's damn near close to Fortnite. Apparently, uh, in Dead by Daylight, Nicolas Cage was put in in Dead by Daylight. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he, he's a play. You can play as Nicolas Cage in Dead by just, Daylight. Like, not as a character, it's just Nicolas Cage? It, it is just dead-ass Nicolas Cage. Oh, God damn it! that's funny. That's funny as hell. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, so, like, that that's basically all we have today. So, uh, guys, thank you for watching. But thank you, everybody, for, for tuning in. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Adios. Bye.